Welcome to the Mind and My Wellness Podcast, your podcast for all things macros, movement, mindset, and everything in between. I'm your host, Danny Marenberg, an ex yo yo dieting cardio junkie turned sustainable nutrition coach who's helped over 1,000 women feel confident in their skin by learning how to eat for their goals without sacrificing a life well lived. I created the Mind and My Wellness podcast to give you simple, effective, and manageable tips you can take away from each episode and implement in your daily life to look and feel like the best version of you. Each week, my guests and I teach you the secrets to mastering your health and owning your power. Nutrition, mindset, movement, and women's health are all topics you'll find here. Think of our time together as your productive little health break from the day. So grab your headphones, fill up your water, and let's dive into today's episode. Can you believe that this is the last episode of 2023? This has been such an incredible year. I launched this podcast this year in July, and it has been such an amazing way for me to connect deeper with you, share even more information than I'm even able to on Instagram in a 30-second reel or post. And thank you guys for coming along on this journey with me here on the podcast. I have absolutely loved this podcast. And starting this podcast, I knew that this was something that I wanted to do, but really it was the amount of feedback that I received from you that really solidified that what I'm doing is what I'm supposed to be doing. So thank you guys so much. Again, every single review that you leave for this podcast means so much. And so I want to take just a quick second to give a couple shout outs to a couple reviews that I've recently read. Shout out to Laura SK1, who said, can't get enough. I have recently restarted my macro and wellness journey, and this podcast has been a lifesaver on my cardio days. I listen to this podcast while I'm on the treadmill. It is not only informative, but also realistic in how you can accomplish your goals. I have been following Danny for quite some time now and am always thoroughly impressed with everything she does. Well, thank you. (laughs) It means so much to me. I love this, and I love that you are listening to kill some time with that cardio. I know it's not always fun to do that. So I hope and I'm glad that these episodes can help you get through some of those cardio sessions. And NASIT member says, wealth of information. Love Danny's podcast as she explains macros in a way that is easy to understand. The answers, questions, she answers questions I've asked myself. Thank you for the wealth of information you provide, Danny. You are so welcome. And I'm so glad you're getting so much information from this podcast. I think this comment in particular was in reference to my macro phase series, which you guys absolutely loved. So I highly recommend if you haven't given that series that took place in October of 2023, I have five detailed episodes on all of the different phases of the macro cycling journey of the nutrition periodization journey to help you achieve whatever goal you have, whether it's fat loss, body recomposition, just having a healthier relationship with food and your body. Highly recommend that you go and give these a listen. You guys absolutely love them. And I saw that in all of the feedback that I got. So I'm glad and I'm going to continue to keep providing that information. And actually, 
Today's episode is playing off one of those episodes to give you a bit more information, especially as we head into the new year. January is a very, very popular time for people to enter calorie deficits. So I decided that to kick off, or I guess to end (laughs) this year, but to kick off this next year, especially if you're starting right after the new year with a calorie deficit, in this episode, I'm going to outline my 10 tips for successful fat loss in a calorie deficit. Now, before we even dive into that, first, I always, always want to emphasize that a calorie deficit might not be for you right now. Even if your goal is to reduce body fat, there is a chance that even when we want to lose body fat, if our body isn't primed and ready to respond to fat loss, we will experience weight loss resistance. And that is very, very frustrating. So I want to save you that frustration. And I want to recommend that before you even kick off your calorie deficit, really validate that you should be in a calorie deficit. And I have a free macro quiz that I highly recommend you take to get a good sense of what phase I recommend that you start in based off the questions that I ask. It's a quick three, four minute quiz. Honestly, I think it's probably no more than three minutes. It's very quick. And at the end, it will tell you what phase I recommend that you are in currently for your goal based off your dieting history, lifestyle, all of that good stuff. So I'll post that link down in the show notes for you. It's a free quiz, very quick. It'll spit out the recommended phase that I am recommending for you. Also, if you are feeling like you've really struggled with losing body fat over the years, maybe you've gone in and out of diets, maybe you've just been perpetually living in a diet, then I really think you're going to benefit from my free masterclass. This masterclass, my three steps to transform your body with macros, dives into literally everything that could be causing you to not see fat loss. So let's say you do go into January, you enter a calorie deficit, you're trying to lose body fat. If you're not experiencing that, definitely watch this masterclass. But I recommend that you watch it now so that you have the understanding. So again, you're not frustrated and spinning your wheels if you're not seeing your intended outcome. All right. So that masterclass, three steps to transform your body with macros. You can go to mindinmymacros.com forward slash free training. I'll also link it down in the show description as well. So both of those free resources are going to be extremely helpful for you to really hone in and identify what is the phase that I should be in right now and why is it, if I am struggling with fat loss, why is it that I'm struggling with fat loss? And then I give you three steps in that masterclass that you can take today to start seeing success and to start changing that pattern so that you're able to actually experience fat loss. So I wanted to share those two resources first before diving into this episode, because again, you, although you may be wanting to lose body fat, it doesn't always mean that you are ready to lose body fat. doesn't always mean that your body is going to respond. So I preface this entire episode by saying, really do what is right by your metabolism. And if you're like, I don't know what that is, take the free quiz, take the masterclass that will help you determine where you should be. Now, 
If you are primed and ready for a calorie deficit and you're like, yes, I'm here to lose some body fat. I've worked really hard. I've spent some time at maintenance and my body is ready to enter the phase to reduce body fat, then this episode is for you, my friend. And if you're listening like, yeah, I think this is what I want, but can you tell me a little bit more about a calorie deficit? I have a full episode outlining exactly what a calorie deficit is, the goal of a calorie deficit, what I recommend doing and not doing, and everything else that's included in a calorie deficit from October. So again, if you go back to that macrophase series, I have a calorie deficit episode diving into this. So if you want a little more information or a precursor to this episode, start over there, listen to that one. I'll also link that episode down in the show notes too, so it's easy for you to find and you can just pop on over, listen to that one, and then binge this one. Because this one is really, this episode is really playing off of that calorie deficit episode. So in this episode, like I said, I'm going to be diving into my top 10 tips for successful fat loss in a calorie deficit. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Tip number one for a sustainable and successful calorie deficit where you are able to reduce that body fat while maintaining that muscle to expose that lean physique is choose a time frame. It is so important to choose a proper time frame and not just let a calorie deficit go on and on and on. Now, if you remember from the calorie deficit episode, A time frame for a calorie deficit is anywhere from about four weeks up to 16 weeks. At the 16-week mark or the four-month mark, it's really important that you either move through a reverse diet or you take a diet break. So making sure that you are planning a time frame that works for you, that's conducive for you and your goal. If you have just a couple pounds that you're trying to lose, then you don't need to be in a calorie deficit for 16 weeks. But if you have a bit more weight that you're trying to lose, you might want to block off that 16 weeks for your calorie deficit. But whatever you choose, make sure that you stick to your time frame. One of the things that I see happen most often is that we get to the end of our proposed calorie deficit. Maybe you say, okay, I'm going to do a 12-week calorie deficit. You get to week 12 and you're like, uh, let me just go one more week. And then 13 weeks goes by. Uh, Let me just do one more week. Let me just push it one more week. And that can be a perpetuating cycle where actually you start to lose progress because maybe things get a little bit looser. You are getting very fatigued from being in a calorie deficit, but you're trying to force it so much that it is so much better to set that time frame. Get through that time frame if you can. We'll cover a couple other steps if you can't, but get through that time frame and then initiate that reverse diet, build back up to maintenance. That's where you're going to see the best results. Now, remember, going back to some previous episodes in the macrophase series, you might have to go through these phases multiple times. The reason why I want to set a time frame too is because the quicker that you can, you know, go through your fat loss phase go through your reverse diet, spend time at maintenance, then you can enter another fat loss phase and then your body will most likely respond better than trying to force as much fat loss by extending your cut length over time. So choose your time frame and stick to it. Now, maybe you say, okay, I am gonna guess it's gonna be anywhere from 12 to 14 weeks. That's amazing. That's still a time frame. So if you get to the 12 week mark and your biofeedback is still responding well, awesome. 
push it to 14 weeks, and then call it an increase. But make sure you are not exceeding 16 weeks in a calorie deficit without entering a diet break or a reverse diet. All right, tip number two, opt for the 80-20 rule. Do not try to be perfect. Perfection leads to burnout. And so I like to opt for the 80-20 rule, maybe even the 90-10 rule when we're in a calorie deficit, because again, this is a finite period of time. We are here for a short stint. Get in, get out, get through your reverse diet, get back to maintenance. So making sure that you are balancing your deficit. Being in a deficit does not mean you have to eat 100% whole foods, although whole foods will definitely help. Whole foods have a greater thermic effect on the body, which means that as you are breaking down the food internally, if you're looking at whole foods versus processed foods, Processed foods, in a sense, are already somewhat broken down, so it's going to be less energy through the digestive process for your body versus whole foods have a higher thermic effect, which essentially just means that you are able to burn more calories throughout the digestive process of whole foods, and you're going to feel better eating whole foods. Oftentimes, processed foods, they're just loaded. They're higher calories, but they don't feel as filling. Versus whole foods, if you're building your plate with primarily whole foods, putting a lot of volume veggies on your plate to make those meals much bigger, bulk those meals up, you're going to feel way more satiated and satisfied with your meals. You're going to feel more steady energy. So really focusing on primarily whole foods, but making sure that you are not being restrictive, that if you love your desserts, you are still including them. And to do so, what I recommend is that you plan your day around those desserts. So maybe you absolutely love ice cream and you're like, I can never stick to a diet because I miss my ice cream too much. Great. Plug in that ice cream at the end of the day and then build your day around that, making sure that that ice cream is falling into your 10 to 20% category. And then the rest of your day, really make sure it's more focused on whole foods. So What I really want to make sure that you don't do is label certain foods as bad or off limits if you love them and create this restrictive mindset around those foods because ultimately what happens is that tends to lead to binging later. So I want to make sure that you are thinking about this from a holistic and sustainable approach. Most of your foods are coming from whole foods, but you are still including those foods that you love, maybe those desserts, maybe those, you know, more processed foods. With moderation, it is okay. You are going to see better results going this route than trying to completely restrict those foods and be 100% perfect. Nobody is 100% perfect. You are going to see great results by taking a sustainable approach like this. So, Tip number two is opt for more of a 90-10 or an 80-20 rule, primarily focusing on whole foods, but also including the foods that you love in moderation. All right, tip number three. I highly recommend this is going to be a fairly controversial one for some people, but cooking most of your meals at home is really going to be very beneficial during a calorie deficit. Remember, this is just a finite period of time. So as many meals per week that you can cook at home, the better because you have control over what you're using in those meals. Now, if you're going out to eat one, two, three, four times a week, 
oftentimes it's really hard to, well, it, it's definitely hard to be accurate with that tracking. You're never going to be 100% accurate. It's always going to be a guesstimate. And if we continue to use guesstimates, our tracking is going to be fairly inaccurate. So to see the most efficient results possible in your calorie deficit, cooking at home is going to be very, very beneficial because you are actually able to fully track the oils that you use throughout the cooking process, the exact foods that you're using versus if you're eating out, restaurants tend to sneak a ton of oils and butters and things of that sense into your meals to obviously make them more tasty, but that makes them more calorically dense as well. So tip number three is to cook most of your meals at home. Also, if you hate cooking, there are some amazing delivery services, um, factor meals. I am in no way associated with them, but they're an option that uh, some of my clients will use, especially if you're busy and you just don't have time to cook. Factor meals is a great option. Uh, There's a bunch of other ones as well. And my tip is I love having staple foods in my fridge. So I get my staple proteins that I love, carbs and fat that I can easily throw together in my lazy gal recipes. If you go to my Instagram, I have a ton of lazy gal recipes. It's like five ingredients. I toss them together. They are so good, but it doesn't take a lot of time. And I'm reusing ingredients in my fridge because I'm focusing on staple ingredients. So I'm focusing on you know, a couple different proteins each week, a couple different carbs and fat options that I can toss together to make different meals. So that was tip number three. Tip number four, listen to your biofeedback. Ooh, I can't stress this one enough because sometimes we just want to push through, much like the time frame, much like tip number one, we want to just keep pushing through and keep fighting that biofeedback because we want to keep experiencing fat loss. If you are experiencing extreme hunger, maybe you're getting really, really hangry. That was something that happened to me in my first deficit. And I don't know how at the time he was my boyfriend. He's now my husband. And I don't know how that happened because I was very hangry. I was not the nicest person. But if you are experiencing that, you are either in too steep of a deficit or you've been in a deficit too long. And that's biofeedback telling you, hey, We need to start increasing our calories. If you're feeling fatigued or weak, if you're feeling constant headaches, if you're noticing sleep is impaired, if you are really struggling getting through your workouts, these are all signs of negative feedback. These are all signs from our body. It's the way our body tries to tell us, hey, something's not right. We need to fix it. We need to course correct. This can happen, like I said, if A, your calories are too low, or B, You have been in a deficit too long and your body is starting to say, hey, we need to get back to maintenance. We need to get back to normal. So if you are experiencing any of these signs, start to increase your calories, even if that means 50 to 100 calories and then hanging out there. Maybe that's the bump that you need. Let's say you're planning a 14 week cut. You're in week 10 and you're starting to experience some signs of negative biofeedback. If you bump up your calories, 100, 150 calories guess what? You're still in a deficit. You are still in a deficit up until you get to your maintenance. So even a reverse diet, you are still in a deficit throughout your reverse diet up until your maintenance. So you are not going to gain weight. It is impossible for you to gain weight if you're being accurate and eating under your maintenance. So 
what I'd recommend is, again, going back to that example that I have yet to finish, week 10, you are planning a 14-week cut. If you're experiencing some negative biofeedback, bump up your calories, 100 to 150 calories in the form of carbs and fat. And from there, you might notice, wow, I feel like a new human. Great. Maybe you can persist the 14 weeks. But if you're still getting signs of that negative biofeedback coming through, you need to start increasing more and maybe working your way through that reverse diet. So like I said, you are not going to lose progress by doing that because you are still in a deficit. And ultimately, you're going to experience better results. And as you're increasing your calories, you're going to be able to use those calories and and start to notice more muscle definition because you get very depleted in a calorie deficit, which again is why we only want to be here for a short, finite period of time. Okay, so that was step number four, listen to your biofeedback. Do not try to push through. Do not try to force it if your body is telling you otherwise. We want to work with our body. We want to work with our metabolism, not against it, because we don't want to end up with fat loss or weight loss resistance in the future and have it backfire. So it's always important to honor your body, listen to that biofeedback, and move accordingly. Now, if you are at this point like, okay, I'm a little lost because like, I don't really know how to navigate. Like, I don't know what my calories are or my macros are. How do I increase? I teach you all of this step by step in my course, The Macro Body Method. This course teaches you everything about the metabolism, what we can control, what we can't control, how to calculate your own macros, how to make adjustments. And then I take you through each of the phases in depth. So the calorie deficit, reverse dieting, We'll cover all of the biofeedback, also recommendations for exercise, daily movement, all of that stuff is in there as well to make sure that you are moving through these phases, honestly, throughout the rest of your life. I call this your macro coach for life because you can go back to this course for years and years and years to come. I teach you literally everything you need to know to be your own macro guide. So if you are listening like, okay, I still have more questions, I highly recommend going to check out the macro body method course. You can go to mindandmymacros.com. I'll also post a link down below. Um, But just take a look at it. And it, again, will teach you step-by-step how to navigate this all on your own. So that was step number four. Step number five, increase your daily movement. So this is going to be huge because when we're in a calorie deficit, there's only so much that we want to do with our calories and macros. I teach you this inside the macro body method course as well. There is a certain threshold where you do not want to drop your calories below. It's going to be different for each individual because we're all unique and our BMR is different, but you do not want to drop your calories lower than a specific amount for you because that can lead to longer term issues like thyroid disorders, weight loss resistance, what I'm talking about, hormone disorders or hormone imbalances gut issues. So it's very important that we do not drop our calories too low in a calorie deficit. So because of that, I'd like to keep your calories at a you know steady amount, enough that you're able to see results, you know, enough that you're able to be in a deficit, but we don't want to drop you too low. So this is where increasing your daily movement can come into play. And by increasing your daily movement, you're creating a further gap in your daily caloric burn. So I always say increase your 
daily movement over, you know, just trying to do as much cardio, like hard hitting cardio, hit cardio as possible, because you can make up more of your daily caloric burn just through daily movement, through things like, of course, walks, of course, walks, but even laundry around the house, getting up and parking farther away from the grocery store and getting in more steps, whatever you can do just to get up and get moving more throughout your day, that's going to increase your metabolic rate. That's going to increase your BMR over time. And that, you know, keeps your metabolic rate higher. So you're able to burn more calories throughout the day. So essentially you're creating more of a deficit. You're creating part of a deficit from a deficit from food intake, but you're increasing that deficit through your daily movement. So that way we're not dropping calories too low. We're able to still, you know, eat to feel satisfied. We never want to feel starving. Like I said at the beginning, we never want to feel extreme hunger, but we can increase that daily movement to make more of a deficit to see more results. So if you right now are really struggling with your daily movement, don't go from zero to 100. Try to aim for 2,000 steps more a day. Make that your goal and then build upon that. That's what we do within the Macro Accelerator, my one-on-one coaching program, is we're constantly building and progressing throughout the four months so that it feels very sustainable. We're building sustainable habits into your lifestyle that are going to last for the long run. If that's so important, it's so important that it's sustainable. So that was tip number five, increase your daily movement. Tip number six, stay within your macro range. Yes, even on the weekends. (laughs) Now this goes both ways. It's very important that you stay within your macro range. And I know for a lot of us, the weekends can kind of be a free-for-all. But remember, the weekends make up 30% of your week. That is a big chunk of the week. And if you are not taking into account your tracking or your macros on the weekend, you can pretty much guarantee that you're not going to see the results that you're hoping for. It's very important that you are being adherent on the weekend. Remember, a calorie deficit is a finite period of time. We're here to get in, get business done, and get out. But also taking that step number two, that sustainable 90-10 or 80-20 approach, you still should be able to incorporate those things that you love, dessert, maybe that glass of wine here and there. That's part of that 10 to 20%. So make it sustainable for you. But also remember, I'm here for a short amount of time. I'm here. I mean business. I want to see my best results. The weekends are going to count. So I recommend pre-logging going into the weekends so that you have a game plan. If you need to prep ahead of time, you know, get those high protein snacks, get whatever you need, but make the weekends count. Now on the other side of this, stay within your macro range, tip number six, is to not undereat below your macros. Your macros are there for a reason. You are not given macros, or if you're taking the macro body method course, the macros that you calculate, those are not there to not produce results for you. Again, we don't want to drop our calories too low because that can actually have an adverse effect. So if you do get a macro count, or maybe you calculate your macros using the macro calculator in the macro body method course and the lesson in there, if you calculate your macros and then you consistently try to eat under those macros, you're going to do more harm than good. So don't try to under consume. Instead, Try to stay within that macro range. And I teach you what that macro range looks like within the course as well. So really making sure that you're not 
consistently under eating under that macro goal and calorie goal, and also taking into account your weekends because your weekends make up 30% of your week. And if you're overeating on the weekends, but you're holding steady, you're hitting it well during the week with your macros, that's going to bring up your overall average. And your body's looking at trends over time, not day over day. So it's actually going to pull you out of your deficit if you're not taking into account your weekends. So that was tip number six, stay within your macro range. Tip number seven, optional cardio. I believe that we should just be increasing our daily movement first. And then if you want to add in additional cardio, depending on your biofeedback, you can do that. But I recommend keeping it to one to two days, ranging from anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes if it's hit cardio, because you don't want to over fatigue yourself. Cardio can be an amazing tool to help with fat loss. But first, I really want you to prioritize strength training. And that is because when we are in a deficit, we want to preserve as much muscle mass as possible. Now we're doing that in two ways. We're doing that by increasing or, you know, hitting your protein goal. Maybe that's increasing your protein if it's the first time you've had a protein goal or just being consistent with your protein goal. So that is going to help to preserve muscle mass and then strength training. Strength training in a calorie deficit is not intended to build muscle. What it's intended to do is to preserve the muscle mass that you have. So we're really trying to strictly target as much body fat as possible and maintain muscle. That's really what we want. So cardio can be this added element. Now, oftentimes what I'll do is program cardio later in someone's deficit if we start to see a plateau, either increasing daily movement or adding in some additional cardio days. This can look like low-impact steady state, which essentially means that you are keeping your heart rate, and it's going to depend person to person depending on what low impact looks like for you, but anywhere from like 125 to 140 beats per minute heart rate. For me, I really like doing incline walking on a treadmill. This is a great list. For lists, I'll do anywhere from 30 upwards of 45 minutes, depending on where I'm at in my calorie deficit, what my biofeedback is saying, and how my weekly averages are looking in terms of measurements and the number on the scale. So I will use cardio as a supplement. I will not focus on cardio in a calorie deficit. I will focus on strength training, and then I'll supplement in cardio. So really using cardio sparingly and making sure that you are prioritizing your energy levels over trying to just get as much cardio in as possible. Moving on to step number eight, which is carb cycling. Carb cycling can be an amazing tool to use when you're in a calorie deficit. I'll dive into what this is briefly, but carb cycling is a tool that you're only going to use in a calorie deficit but you do not have to use it in a calorie deficit. So if you're in a deficit and you just have like a singular macro count, that is completely okay too, as long as you're adherent to it and consistent with those macros. Carb cycling is a tool or a technique that you can use when you're in a calorie deficit where you have low carb days and high carb days. And typically I like to incorporate carb cycling because for a lot of people, it makes the deficit more sustainable. It also can provide a bit more energy for specific workouts. So 
For instance, I'm going to cover both of these. From a sustainability perspective, if you're somebody who weekends are your tough spot, maybe you do your high-carb days on the weekends, so you have a bit more flexibility. You have more carbs to use and calories in general. You have more calories to use on the weekend, and then the weekdays, they're a bit lower. And ultimately, your carb cycling numbers, your high-carb and your low-carb days are going to average out to your average macros. Those average macros are what are going to be, if you're not carb cycling, those are just going to be your macros. So you can use carb cycling if A, you struggle with flexibility on the weekends and maybe you have a singular macro count and you're really having a hard time sticking to those macros on the weekend, then maybe a carb cycling approach is going to help you. Also, I love carb cycling because I like to pair my high carb days the day before a tougher workout. And so for me, when I'm in a calorie deficit, tougher workouts for me, because I'm focusing on strength training during a calorie deficit, are going to be my lower body days. Because you're using larger muscle groups, those larger muscle groups are going to expend more energy. So I like to have my high carb days the day before those lower body days. And you can kind of think of it as like those who run marathons, they're carb loading before the race. They're building up energy through calories before the race so then they can expend it during the race. Same thing applies here. You're building up that internal energy through calories, specifically carbs, because carbs are going to be our energy source, to then expend and have more energy to output in those strength training workouts. So I like to pair my high carb days, like I said, the day before a lower body workout, which means they're spread out throughout the week. That also works really well for me because I then have two high carb days throughout my week that kind of break up the monotony maybe of the lower carb days, but you could also pair them back to back over the weekend. Now, again, you do not even have to use carb cycling. If carb cycling is just like too much and you're like, you know what? I don't like having different goals throughout the week. A singular macro count works for me. Amazing. You're still going to see the same results. It's really ultimately comes down to what are you going to be most consistent with? What works best within your lifestyle? So I will not go and say carb cycling is going to yield better results for you. It might if you're able to adhere to carb cycling more than a straight macro count. But if you are not able to adhere to carb cycling, if it's just a little too overwhelming, maybe for some who just want one single macro count, they eat the same thing every single day, they don't have a problem hitting that macro count, great, then maybe don't carb cycle. But if you feel like you fall into the category of wanting to diversify your week, having some higher calorie days and some lower calorie days to break it up, carb cycling is an amazing tool. So that is another tip. You can absolutely implement carb cycling to add some more flexibility into your cut, to add additional energy if that is a goal of yours, and also just to break up your week a little bit. Tip number nine, really, really, really prioritize your sleep. Prioritize getting seven to eight or more hours of sleep a night. And I know for some, this is going to be a struggle, but it is so critical that we are getting enough sleep. This is when our body rebuilds and develops, and it's so critical for our overall success and our long-term progress. 
I want to do a whole episode just on sleep. I'm actually bringing on a sleep doctor, so a doctor who specializes in the importance of sleep. So we'll do a whole other episode on that. But know that if you are not getting enough sleep, it's going to be really hard for you to A, see results and B, sustain the results and feel good while you're doing it. So this could be a sign that leads to negative biofeedback which is ultimately going to conflict with those results. So making sure that you are prioritizing your evening routine, your morning routine, setting yourself up so that you are getting efficient sleep at night. Maybe that means that you turn off the TV or get off your phone or any blue light if you're working late on the computer. Get off that 30 to 60 minutes before you start to wind down read a book before bed, have a nighttime routine that you love. I personally, this is something that I've had to really work on is my evening routine. And now I absolutely love my evening routine and it really helps me settle down after a day, whether that day was a calm day or not. Typically they tend to be a little chaotic, especially right now, but having that nighttime routine really helps me settle back down and kind of move into this parasympathetic to then go into a restful night of sleep. If you have some sort of sleep tracker, like an aura ring, this can be helpful too to see, okay, how much deep sleep versus REM sleep versus light sleep am I getting? Am I waking up throughout the night? And then taking some of those recommendations into account too, to just really try to improve your overall sleep. So that's tip number nine. You probably have heard this so many times for so many different things, but it's because it's really important. Sleep is so critical. So tip number nine, try to prioritize seven to eight or more hours of sleep per night. And then last but not least is everyone's least favorite tip, and that is patience. You are signing up for sustainable results, right? You want to see results that are going to last a lifetime. You don't want to just enter a calorie deficit for your weight to come back and then have to enter another calorie deficit in the future just to get right back to where you ended and end up in this constant yo-yo dieting cycle. We want to break that. And with that, with sustainable results comes patience and time. You need to give it time. You need to continue to show up every single day, every single week, even if you feel like you're not seeing progress, because oftentimes it's going to take weeks before you start to actually see it. You might feel it first, but start setting some realistic goals for yourself. And maybe those goals are feel good goals. So it feels really good to prep my food and have that ready. It feels really good to have that nighttime routine and I'm getting a lot of sleep. I'm feeling more energized. Set these smaller goals for yourself that then when you do start to see, those are going to be those more immediate wins that are going to help keep you motivated until you start really seeing those results. But if you throw in the towel after a week or two weeks and you're like, I'm just not seeing any results, it's not working for me. That is not true sustainable results take time. It's going to take time to chip away at body fat while preserving muscle mass. So with this, I highly recommend taking other forms of measurement outside of just the scale. So looking at body measurements, taking photos, and looking at photos on a monthly basis 
I have found this to be the best way to go about it because photos are going to take some time. So if you can look at photos once a month, every four weeks, take new photos, assess how your clothes are fitting. You can even go and get a DEXA scan or an in-body scan or one of those float scans. If you really want to dive into the numbers, you don't have to do that. Um, but you can if you are somebody who is really driven by accurate data and you really want to dive into the numbers. So it's going to take time. It's going to take patience. Look at other forms of measurement. My absolute favorite are body measurements. You're going to see, I like taking those every two weeks. You're going to see greater results when you're assessing or greater progress, I will say, when you're assessing measurements, those are going to be more actionable than the scale. I have a whole episode on why the scale fluctuates that has nothing to do with body fat. If you haven't listened to that one, highly recommend too, especially as you're going through a calorie deficit. It's going to walk through all of the different reasons why our body weight fluctuates and why we shouldn't only rely on the scale. So to recap on all of the tips that we went over today, because there were a lot, number one, Choose a time frame and stick to it. Choose the number of weeks that you plan to be on a calorie deficit and stick to that. Number two, opt for a flexible approach. 90, 10, 80, 20, really focusing on primarily whole foods, but incorporating the foods you love too so that you feel more balanced. Make sure that you don't have a restrictive mindset going into this diet because it will not be sustainable and it will not be enjoyable. Tip number three, cook most of your meals at home. This is really going to help you really understand exactly what you're eating, what's in your meals, and more accurately track. Tip number four, listen to your biofeedback. Make sure that you are not trying to push through any signs of negative biofeedback to force yourself to continue to see results. It's only going to backfire. Tip number five, increase your daily movement. Remember, by increasing your daily movement, you can make a greater deficit by increasing that movement versus having to cut back deeper on calories, which again can have an adverse effect. Tip number six, stay within your macro range, even on the weekends. This also means do not go under your macros. Really stay within your macro range. Tip number seven, you can incorporate cardio, but make sure you're doing it in a supportive way, in a supplemental way, and not focusing all of your exercise on cardio, but really prioritize strength training so that you are prioritizing muscle and really trying to focus as much on just reducing body fat and not eliminating muscle throughout your deficit. Tip number eight is carb cycling. If that's an approach that works for you, if it provides more flexibility, it can be a really great technique to incorporate into your calorie deficit. Tip number nine, get in those Zs. Make sure you are prioritizing your sleep and try to aim for seven to eight or more hours of sleep per night. And final tip, be patient, give it time. Do not throw in the towel after one, two, three weeks. Keep going, keep focusing on one day at a time. And I promise you, if you have the right plan in place, you will see results. But like anything sustainable, it will take a bit of time. Now, I said this in my calorie deficit episode, and I highly recommend you go listen to it, like I said, but sustainable fat loss looks like a half a pound to two pounds of weight per week being lost. So that does not look like five pounds a week. That does not look like 10 pounds a week. It is a slower process, and you're not going to see 
the drop on the scale every single week. So make sure you're taking other forms of measurement, like body measurements, taking photos, assessing how your clothes are fitting, and just paying attention to your biofeedback. All right, my friends, that was a jam-packed episode for you. If you are entering a calorie deficit at this time and you're listening to this, I hope that these tips are going to help you with your calorie deficit. If you are like, I want to lose body fat, but I don't know if my metabolism's in the right spot to do that, I highly recommend checking out the free quiz I have to understand what phase you should be in and or listening to my free masterclass. Both of those links are going to be down in the show notes. But if you are entering a deficit, tell me over on Instagram. I really want to connect with you. I want to know what it is that you're hoping to achieve. I love hearing from you guys. And I also love seeing the progression over time. So anytime I'm connecting with any of my community members in my DMs, I love hearing how it's going over time. So head on over to Instagram, send me a DM at mindinmymacros. Let me know what your goal is. If you're entering a calorie deficit, which of these tips was most helpful for you? And maybe tag me in your stories and I'll pump you up and I'll support you and I'll be that accountability that you need. I hope this episode was helpful. I hope that you can take these tips and really apply them to your next calorie deficit to see your ultimate fat loss success while you're in a deficit. I hope you have a happy and safe new year and that 2024 is your best year yet. You feel so dang confident and you're ready to take this year by the horns. All right. Until next time, my friends, keep minding your wellness. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I love hearing from you. So shoot me a DM over on Instagram at mindinmymacros to keep the convo going. If you've learned anything from this episode or any of my past episodes, I'd really love it if you took a few seconds to leave a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I love hearing what you've learned or what you've taken away from any of these episodes. It means so much to me when you do that. And if you have any friends you know that need a little help kicking some old dieting mentalities to the curb and want some simple, effective, and sustainable tips to feel their best share a link to this episode with them. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you next time.